Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live.
but you must come by faith. You must come and receive his forgiveness. You must come and receive the mercy of God uh, that you may be made uh, uh, put in right standing with him. Uh, your righteousness means nothing without the forgiveness of sins. Your righteousness means nothing without Jesus Christ covering your sin. And that's why we always encourage you to uh, follow truth. You know, Jesus said, my word is truth. So we want to make sure that uh, not only do you attend a quote-unquote church fellowship, but that you are applying the truth as you hear it, because uh, faith without obedience is dead. Faith without works is dead. So faith without obedience is dead. So if you say you love God, you must obey him and keep his commandments, and that must be your attitude for life and godliness. That must be your attitude for holiness. So we're going to be talking about uh, are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Are you and I grieving the Holy Spirit? Many people might not think they're grieving the Holy Spirit, but we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is, and we must look at uh, the fact that if you're saying, I love Jesus, I love the Father, yet you grieve and quench the Holy Spirit by uh, not walking in truth, not obeying the truth, uh, not being uh, surrendered. Uh, the Bible says that we must, you know, walk in the Spirit, that we will not satisfy or gratify the lust of the flesh. So it's important for us to understand that it's in that it's an uh, it's an imperative for us to uh, have a daily attitude towards Lord. I want to walk in your. I want to walk in your way. I want to honor you. I want to glorify you, and I must be filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to do that. I must be filled, infilled. The Holy Spirit lives in me, but I must be infilled daily, so I can make sure that I am. I'm not gratifying the lust of my flesh. Amen. With that being said, let's go before the Lord. Let's go before the Lord. For those that might want to call in uh, and listen, uh, you can go to uh, TalkShoe. You can go to 724-444-7444, 724-444-7444. And the caller ID is 143-525, So, <clears throat> And you can listen in from there. I won't be taking any phone calls on there, but you can listen in. Uh, and you can also go to the link and listen to it. And, uh, again, friends, welcome this morning. Welcome. I know some of you uh, don't have to work today. And, you know, praise God for that. Uh majority of our country is on a federal holiday schedule. So uh, praise God. Praise God. Uh, let's go before the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, again, we thank you for waking us up. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your word is truth. We thank you for the word that set us free, Lord. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but you came. You came as a, a lamb of God, a servant. You came as a sacrifice to take away our sin debt, the penalty that we were once under the condemnation and under your wrath, Lord. But because of the finished work on Calvary's cross, all of those who have placed their faith in you, all of those, all of us who have placed our total allegiance to you, Lord God, we have been set free, and we're no longer under the bondage of sin. We're no longer under the old slave master of the flesh, the devil, and the world. We thank you, Lord God, and we ask right now that we would decrease and that you would increase in us. If there's anything in us that's not of you, Lord God, heal us, Lord, 
and help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, let's get right into this. Let's get right into it. Welcome. Good morning, everybody. We must first understand, friends, that there's three sins that can follow, that go, uh, that can go against the Holy Spirit. Three sins that can participate, that can basically cause us to grieve and quench the Holy Spirit, which is God's third person or third member of the uh, Trinity. And we must be able to identify those so that we can be able to uh, make sure that we're not purposely and uh, just uh, flat out in rebellion. Because we know that the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. It's important for us to better understand the person of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people think of the Holy Spirit as more of an it than a him. But according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is not only God, but he is or he has a will, a personality, and can even be offended. There are six specific sins that can be committed against the Holy Spirit. Today, we'll talk about and focus on uh, just three of them. Grieving the Holy Spirit, one of the one of the places in Scripture where we read about grieving the Holy Spirit is Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. The Apostle Paul writes, Do don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not grieve God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. To grieve means to make sad or sorrowful. It means to cause sorrow, pain, or distress. But what makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful? Number one, foul and abusive language makes the Holy Spirit sad. It makes God sad. God does not like to hear his children or professing children of his uh, use language that's not of godly uh, of a godly nature. And I, I hear this in the, in the Christian world now, uh, and I know it's a lie from the pit of hell because we think we can sound just like the world and it's okay. And I've even heard people, and I, for a long time, I thought that when I read this, that Peter was cursing. Uh, when Peter was was uh, was asked the question, was he one of Christ's disciples, or he denied the fact that he was one of Christ's disciples at the at, when they were after Jesus was taken into captivity and they were getting ready to uh, getting ready to bring him before Pilate in the court. Uh, he was, you know, he was walking around and. One of the girls said, hey, he's one of Christ's disciples. And Peter said, no, I'm, I don't know the man. And three times he denied Christ, remember? So Jesus, uh, at the third, he basically started, uh, the Bible says he started railing down curses. Well, it wasn't that he was cursing. He was bringing down, like, if this is true, let there be curses on me. Let there be a curse on me if this is true, that I'm one of his disciples. You have to read the, the original language under, it wasn't that he was using foul language to try to justify or, no, but people try to use that as, as a way of uh, basically saying, well, I, I was justified, he's justified in cursing. No, he was, he would have been called a liar, if anything. He's a, he was lying because he was saying, hey, I'm not one of his disciples. But we need to understand, friends, we know 
We know what good talk is and good speech is. We know what godly talk is, or we know what uh, talk that's, I guess you could say, we know what the right thing to say. And we know when we get angry that our flesh will pour out venomous language. We know that James tells us that it's important for us not to allow uh, sweet water and salt water to come out of the same faucet. It's impossible. He tells us also how important the tongue is and how it can start or set things on fire. So we know through Scripture, for those who have been looking at Scripture in any length of time, just read the book of James, and you'll see that God does not tolerate foul-mouthed Christians. It's not of him. Matter of fact, we're told in Matthew, I believe it's in Matthew 14 or 15, we're told that, you know, it's out of the heart these things come. And the heart is full of adulteries and fornication and, and bitterness and malice. These are the things that are out of the heart. And this is a heart that's not been regenerated or uh, maybe a carnal-minded person who is not growing and understanding that God desires holiness from his children. He wants us to be holy because he's holy. We need to understand that. Again, <clears throat> Verse 29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. The word uses, used here speaks of something that has gone rotten. This includes obscene language, profanity, dirty stories, vulgarity, double entendres, and double entendres. When did it become cool for preachers to speak this way from a pulpit? Some people would say uh, this is being real or authentic. You, you find nowadays that some pastors, hey, they, they seem to be okay with vulgar language, vulgar speech. Really? Not from God's pulpit. Not from God's standard. He's the standard. If Jesus didn't speak like this, why would us, why would we, the little Christ that's here, the light and salt that's left on earth, why would we speak like the world? Why would we mock or bring uh bring an accusation against God's holiness and his character. Guess what? You are not to speak this way, privately or publicly. How about being authentically authentically godly instead? How about representing Christ? You and I are called to be ye holy because he is holy. And when we set up ourselves or when we do things that the world is doing, they look at us and say, you're no different than me. Why should I follow this so-called Jesus that hasn't changed your life? Why should I follow this quote-unquote man who obviously is not changing you, has not made you into something? They will only know us by the fruit that we bear. And when our fruit looks rotten, then they don't want nothing to do with us. They don't want nothing to do with our Lord and Savior, and we blaspheme him by living a double-minded life or living like the waves tossed to and fro. One minute we, we sold out for Jesus, next thing we know we sold out for the, for the flesh, the devil, and the world. We're not fooling anybody, friend. Even the ungodly recognize fake. They understand fake people. They understand fake people. Bitterness is number two. Bitterness makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. Bitterness makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. The definition of bitterness and uh, is an embittered and respectful, uh, resentful 
an embittered and resentful spirit that refuses to be reconciled. Some people just like to be mad. They live for conflict, arguing and fighting. This is as with all sin only gets worse. If left unchecked and unrepented of, I, I, I've been in this situation where somebody always looked like they had a bag of lemons in their mouth. They always looked like they was chewing on lemons, a sour puss, a sour face, always looking for, always majoring in the minors, looking for problems or creating problems. We need to, as Christians, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we act with a bitter attitude or we have a bitter spirit in our heart. God has called us to be joyful. He says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice, Ephesians 4. When we're commanded to rejoice always, I don't care what you feel like, who is the God that you live for? Who is the God who set you free? Who's the one that died on the cross for you? He could have been walking around bitter. He could have been walking around angry. But what does he do? He goes to the cross for you and I with joy. He went to take our sin debt to Calvary's cross. We need to understand this, friends. Christians are called to walk in the spirit. The, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. There's no excuse. We can sit there and say, yeah, but, yeah, but nothing. That's what we sit on. But no, that's not going to fly. We're commanded to walk in joy and not in sorrow and bitterness. We're not commanded to make excuses. God has given us everything that we need to live a godly life, to live a fruitful life, and a productive life for the kingdom. And people will only know that we really believe what we, believe, what we say we believe when you and I have the joy of the Lord. Again, he says, the sad thing is that bitter people rarely want to keep it to themselves. Instead, they spread it around. The, the Bible speaks of a root of bitterness defiling many. Hebrews twelve fifteen tells us this. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no uh, bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Too many people are making excuses and not repenting. Too many people are saying it's my mother's fault, my father's fault, sister's fault, brother's fault, everybody else's fault. Nobody wants to take no responsibility. And we can't go around playing the blame game. That's what happened in the garden. The woman said, hey, it was a snake. The man said it was a woman. And I guess if they could have, they would have blamed God, too. Well, God, you put this tree in here, so it's really your fault. You put the tree in the middle of the garden. You told us not to have it. Why did you put that tree there? People would have, I believe Adam and Eve probably would have, would have blamed God. But they were smart enough not to do go there. We need to have a, a spirit of forgiveness. We need to have, not hold on and harbor things because we're grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit. Some people, when you're around them, you can feel it kind of fester. It starts to make your blood boil, but we have, to, we, have to, we have to bring that down. We have to suppress the lie with the truth. The Bible says that we need to love our enemies and pray for those that despitefully use us. It's not easy. Matter of fact, it's downright impossible to do that in your own natural ability. 
But if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability, and not only that, victory over anger and resentfulness and bitterness. Number three, fits of rage and uncontrolled anger make the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. Are you one of those that fly off the handle? Are you one of those that just lose your mind and you just start taking it out on your feelings? You wear them on your shoulder and you allow your flesh to just take you in a mess. Rage speaks of the person who is really angered and who raises his or her voice shouting and screaming, slanderous speaking evil of others behind their backs. Malicious behavior speaks of ill will and plotting evil against someone. Mm. Wow. I pray that no Christian is doing this, but guess what? Since it was written, obviously there was a problem with it in the church. Obviously, because sin is still here on earth, there's a problem with this going on right now, maybe in your house. Maybe this is how you talk to your spouse, male or female. Maybe this is how you speak to your children. Maybe you fly off the handle and slander them and tear down their character. That's not of God. And you know, I know for a fact, there's some women that tear their husbands down like that. There's some men that tear their wives down like that. Look, all of us have been hurt in life, but we have a choice as to how we react. We can be like the um, money lender, uh, Shylock, uh, Shylock and, and Shakespeare. Shakespeare is a merchant of Venice demanding our pound of flesh. We can say, they did this to me, uh, therefore I, I will make, I will have vengeance or have my vengeance. In other words, I'm going to repay them evil for evil. They did me harm, so I'm going to get them back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pay them back. But that's not of God. That's not of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not act like that. Oh, yes, God will deal with those who have violated his word, those who have uh, come against his holy one. But God doesn't pay evil for evil. He's just in everything he does. He's holy. And God knows the motives why people do what they do. So therefore, all who stand before him on the judgment day will experience his wrath, but they will be judged because of his righteous indignation. He is holy. He is God. We must believe that we can believe that God, when he says vengeance is mine, he will repay it. We must believe that. He's going to take care of it. It is said that Augustine had a sign on his wall that read, he who speaks evil of an absent man or woman is not welcome at this table. This acronym right here, from acronym from this uh, lesson, Bible study tools, there's an acronym, THINK. T is for, is it truthful? The T is for, is it truthful? The H for, is it helpful? The I is, is it inspiring? The N is, is it necessary? And the K, is it kind? This is how we need to look at ourselves. This is how we need to look at any time we have a problem with anyone, quote, unquote, in the body of Christ. Are we speaking what's truthful? Are we speaking what's helpful? Are we speaking what's inspiring? Are we speaking what's necessary? And are we speaking what's kind? Instead of speaking evil of someone, we are to be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. But they don't, but they don't deserve it, you might say. 
Well, guess what, friends? You and I didn't either. We were all filthy sinners. We all did something that grieved and quenched God before we even knew God. We upset him because our sin was wretchedness. Our sin was an offense to a holy God. We don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his mercy. We don't deserve his forgiveness. Paul concludes in Ephesians 4.32 by saying, just as God through Christ has forgiven you and me, we need to forgive people. We should be forgiving. Not, not based on what they say, but based on the God who said it. We need to forgive and we need to move forward. Doesn't mean that I, doesn't mean that I'm going to let you violate and hurt me over and over and over again, but I need to be forgiving to the point that I no longer let bitterness, I no longer let bitterness hold you hostage or hold me hostage. I no longer let abusiveness or abusive language hold me hostage. I no longer let fits of anger and uncontrolled. Sometimes you can walk away from people. I still forgave you, but I just don't have to deal with you. But I will love you with the love of Christ, and I have your best interest. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this short but so true uh, ex, ex, uh, uh, exhortion, Lord, that we would look at ourselves and examine ourselves in light of what you have called us to be. So easy for us to come with the, the hammer like we've arrived, Lord. But each and every one of us, have either one of these three or two of these three or three of these three that we're dealing with. And until we own it and acknowledge it, Lord, we too, we too must be forgiven. We too must deal with and put and look at ourselves through the mirror of your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for shining light on ourselves, on our hearts, that we may come under the, not only, uh, Conviction, Lord, but come under correction because your word is true. And the word of God is used for correction and exhortation and reproof and rebuke that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly trained up in righteousness. So we thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. None of us have arrived, Lord. All of us are a work in progress. Those of us who follow you in spirit and in truth. And we ask, Lord God, that you would just forgive us, that we may line up with your word this day and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, friends. Hey, if you have not been following my podcast and my latest uh, message on uh, Blog Talk Radio, just go to Minister Big Ken 65, Minister B-I-G-K-N number 65 on my podcast over 688 messages there. Uh, my current series is uh, Fornication, Adultery, The Great Deception in the Local Church, and we've been dealing with uh, the sin of uh, perversion and uh, covering some uh, very uh, hot topics that you probably won't hear in a lot of mainstream churches or on Christian radio, but we have to deal with it, friends. You know why? Because sin is like a cancer. Sin is like gangrene. The more you allow it to happen in the church, the more... It, it continues to infect others, and we need to be real. We need to be real. We need to be transparent, and most of all, we need to be holy and godly. So we want to make sure that we're doing what we're called. What we're we're doing some 
uh, a self-examination on our lives as well as, you know, being uh, real because God is real. And uh, nobody's going to stand before him and uh, be one of those that pretended to be uh, tares, but they, you know, pretended to be wheat, but they were tares. Nobody's going to stand before him and pretending to be sheep and they were really goats or, you know, pretending to be a, a, a sheep and you're a wolf. You know, we all going to have to stand and give an account before him. And my job as a minister of the cross of Christ is to, you know, uh, draw out tr- truth, pull truth out from where it is, and we need to be honest. And if we got some issues with sexual immorality and sexual impurity, hey, let's get, let's confess it, repent of it, and move forward. It's not about condemnation. It's about exhortation. It's about glorification. One day we're going to go to glory. Either you're going to be found to be one of his disciples or you were a goat hanging out with those sheep or a wolf hanging out with the sheep. There's no playtime, friends. Every day somebody dies. Every day people die. And guess what? Some people die playing games with Jesus. And some people die knowing Jesus. Which one are you? Which one are you? So, hey, you can follow me again at blog on my blog talk radio program at Minister Big Ken 65. You can also follow me at Gmail, dkendricksr at Gmail. You can follow me on Twitter, dkendricksr65 on Twitter. So, hey, uh, if you're being blessed, share this message, share these uh, uh, live streams with people. Uh, I'm getting them uploaded on uh, Facebook as uh, as much as quick as I can. And uh, I'm, I'm spreading the word around. So, hey, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I see you there, Sister Lorraine. First time seeing you. God bless you. I pray that you uh, follow along with this ministry. And, again, on face on uh, on uh, my YouTube is Daryl Kendrick, plain and simple, Daryl Kendrick on, on YouTube. So, hey, uh, just keep looking out for new uh, uh, videos there. Hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you as we, uh, and give you his peace in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.